Today is November 20th, 2020. This is episode 85 of Back to Normal. So let's get started. All right. Happy Friday, everyone. And today I am planning on spending some time talking about something that, you know, um, I think about relatively often. I might have even done an episode where I where I mentioned this, but I wanted to really delve into this question that I that I come back to every so often, which is what makes a developer? What takes somebody from somebody who knows programming and has built things into a developer? And is there even any distinction between those two ideas? Like once you've developed something, does that just automatically make you a developer or is there more that you have to do? Like, does it have to be your actual job in order for that to be the case? Uh, and so there's a few different aspects of this that I wanted to kind of get into today. And yeah, basically just answer the question, at what point does somebody who programs become a programmer or become a developer? Or is that something that you just get for free right off the bat? Um, so I am a person, as I've said in, in past episodes, surely I've said this in past episodes, that I have built tools and things that involve programming. I've built websites that involve programming in PHP and programming in HTML. Uh, I'm not even sure if I would call programming HTML programming because it's kind of just markup. Um, but PHP and JavaScript, I have built websites using that. Um, I have built a lot of macros using um, Visual Basic. And, you know, I like people outside of my sphere people i've never talked to about it have used my tools and at what point like i've been doing this i've been making these kinds of things for more than five years now what point does that make me a programmer and i would i would make the argument i think kind of maybe selfishly maybe not i don't really know um that i am a programmer on that basis that if you've built something if you've built multiple things that you that like there's nobody that can really take it away from you nobody who's been developing their entire career can say, oh, no, you've only been doing it for five years. You're not a programmer yet. Or no, no, you've only built a couple of different tools and nothing has gone around the world. You haven't started a company or anything. You're not a programmer. Um, I just don't feel that way. And for me, there's these there's two kinds of things that you can that can make you um, like make somebody officially want to call you a programmer. And I'm, I'm curious about how important the balance of these things are. So um, you can get formal training. You can go to school to be a computer scientist, learn all about the fundamentals of programming and computer science. You can learn specific languages. You can take courses on them. Um, but you can also just get experience through trying things, through Googling, through breaking things and and just building tools that, first of all, don't work. Like the first thousand times you try to make something, it doesn't work. That's programming, um, but slowly iterating and fixing bugs and and making programs work over time. Um, and so for me, I definitely fall in the second part of that, which is that I I have not had formal training. I, I signed up for university um, after I finished my degree in chemistry and my master's. I signed up at the same time. At the, there's a very jo bad job market in like 2010, 2011. Um, I signed up for I was job hunting and I signed up for computer science and I got into I got accepted at Ottawa University well the University of Ottawa um, and I got accepted into second year of computer science because the first year courses are all the same as chemistry and ended up not going mostly because I was already pretty in debt and didn't want to get like twice as far in debt and decided instead that I would job hunt and look for ways to be able to build things like this, be able to do programming without um, getting this formal training. And 
so if we delve a little bit deeper into this breakdown, um, if you take somebody like me, somebody who is self-taught entirely, somebody who's built like honestly half a dozen, maybe closer to a dozen things um, using various tools, using various methods, um, you know, taking online training courses, just trying and breaking things and figuring them out. Um, each time I build something, I learn something new. I learn new tactics. I learn new um, frameworks. I learn new functions, all this kind of stuff um, to solve problems because that's what you're doing. You're like getting, you're like, it's like going to a hardware store and buying different tools. You're like figuring out what you can do with all these pieces. And so each time I do this, each time I build a real tool, I develop stronger and more robust ways of solving problems and like better ways of creating things that are less likely to break and they're less likely to have errors and they're less likely to fall apart if you really if somebody goes in not really understanding how the program works like potentially breaking it um, it's a lot less likely to happen this way um, with things that you build once you've once you've had people exposed to your tools and whether you know, whether or not you've had formal training you learn slowly over time by building things how people ultimately end up breaking stuff that you didn't expect them to break um and honestly if you can have if there's if you have two options on a project and this is something that i've run into recently if you can have if you, there's two people that can be on a project you can have somebody who is a subject matter expert in the area that you're working on that has a little bit of programming knowledge or you can have somebody who has way more programming knowledge like way more formal training but doesn't really understand or doesn't hasn't been living in the subject matter for a long time and between those two groups leading a, a programming project i think it's honestly better to have um to have the person who's been in the thick of it for a long time and maybe knows a little bit less about programming have actually lead the project um because they can find out they can tell you what is going to break what's not going to break um where the weaknesses of a certain of the system that already exists are because usually when you're building something, you're building it to replace something that already exists and, and trying to make a better version of it. And um, yeah, so it's, it is possible to get a programmer. Like if you need to build some something, some specific thing that you happen to have somebody who has training in that exact domain. Like if I'm building, um, I don't know, if I'm building a web app, and I have a specific web app developer who's taken courses in building web apps, then it might be a good idea to really have that person be the lead on the project. Um, because I don't have any specific web app domain experience. I just have um, on the job experience and I know how to like read documentation. I know how to Google things and, you know, I can do that kind of research. Um, but that person who's got the experience specifically on that aspect can really um, dig in and give you expert advice. But that's often not the case. Often what you get is a person who who has training as a developer, has training as a programmer, and they have some kind of experience in programming, but they end up doing basically the same thing as you, which is Googling a lot and putting pieces together and trying to figure out what works. And, and they often don't have, unless they've built projects, unless they have domain-specific experience and they've built programs that are exactly the same, very, very similar to what you have, then they don't have the tools and they're building, they're putting things together in this much the same way as you are. They just have more formal experience doing it, um, training doing it. Um, but I have just as much, if not more, experience on the actual job, figuring out how things are going to break and all that stuff. And so for me, um, I'm not, as somebody who doesn't have formal experience, I'm not picky about the definition of developer. So I'm trying to make it as inclusive as possible. Um, but 
I recognize that other people might feel differently. And so I am curious because um, I'm going to leave it here for now. Um, I feel like I've answered the question for myself, what makes a developer? And, and I'm confident that I am one. But I'm curious if if there are people out there who have formal training and all that stuff. Um, what do you consider a developer? Do you do you think formal training is really, really important? Or do you think it's more important to have on the job training? So please let me know. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rob Attrell. That's A-T-T-R-E-L-L. -L, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye.